Hey everybody, no new episode this week. I'm away on tour. You can come check me out in Breckenridge, Colorado on the 20th, that's the day this is coming out, or in Philadelphia in a couple days, New York City on July 3rd. All the info and dates in the link and in the show notes and the bio on social, you, you get it. Um, anyways, we wanted to air one of our favorite conversations like we did with uh, Jeffrey's episode uh, recently. Uh, this is with uh, Stephen Fishbeck, who is a friend and a uh, podcast host and a writer, uh, and he did that show that one time. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation a lot. It was one of our favorites so far. Uh, can't wait to revisit it. Anyways, new I'm Trying Harder coming up next week. It's a weird one. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. And uh, in the meantime, uh, just thanks for listening. And uh, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already, and leave a review on iTunes. If Or wait, Apple Podcast. iTunes is dead iTunes is dying. Apple Podcasts. You get it. We love you. Thank you. Bye. For like months afterwards, I had this like numbness in my head. And I thought that I had had a brain injury. And um, this was really traumatizing to my sense of self because I, I've conceived of myself throughout my life as, as my intellect and my brain is my like salient part. Yeah. And so to have this this fear of like, oh, I've screwed it up. I, I damaged the best part of me. Like... All of my potential is now squandered and gone. There's a class for where it was at. Bounty Killer, Gwen Stefani had Eve. Remember that one? Well, I mean, Gwen Stefani's been killing it for a long time, man. She's so good. Anyways, Anyways. <laughs> welcome to I'm Trying, this show where we try our best and we don't succeed, but then sometimes we do, and we get what we want and what we need. Are we just using this last week's same? No, there was a remix on oh, it. Oh, okay. Remix. Oh, that's that's the Jacob Scratch? Yep, there you go. <laughs> DJ. DJ. JD. JD. What's your name? Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what are we waiting for? That's you, another Gwen Stefani you song. What you waiting? What you waiting for? My name's Janelle Dennis. I'm Jacob Derwin. Thank you very much for joining us for episode eight. Eight. Just like eight is great. Uh, we're so glad you're here. This is already off the rails. Uh, uh, you are joining us. Uh, you say that every single time too. Yeah, because we're off the rails all the time. Mm. We're, we're, we're crazy, man. We're, 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 we're comics unleashed. 1 a.m. CBS. Let's go. Anyways, uh, today's episode is with the uh, wonderful, kind, sweet, intelligent, uh, generous with his time, Stephen Fishback, um, yeah. who uh, I uh, have admired for an extensive amount of time. I don't think he's a real person, to he's, be honest. Uh, Why is that? He's just not... He, He's a ma- he's a he's an android like he's a bot come to life. He's a bot. A bot. I don't know if you'd appreciate being called a bot. Yeah, because a bot is you know what like a customer service bot. They're the most friendly ones. Uh huh. There's a big thing in the Survivor fan community is people get called game bots sometimes. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, some people like it's it's like uh, they uh, you know people who are so focused on the strategy and the game of it that they don't. That would be a compliment to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's for, to people, it's like a way of saying like they're not they're not friendly, they're unfeeling, they don't have empathy for the other players. Oh. Um, it, 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 I think it has. But aren't, a, aren't, no. Isn't the whole point of 
these games. Like, I'm not here to make friends. No, I don't I'm think here to so. win. Oh, you need to e- make friends. To every win. reality TV show, there's always someone that says well, that. Well, no, no, that well, it comes from Survivor. It was Kelly yeah. Wigglesworth, season one. She Kelly said Kelly Wigglesworth. Kelly Wigglesworth, the runner-up of season one, is the person who said that, and it's become canon in like television. So, oh God, the mic's falling. <laughs> um, so that's where. It co- Am I here to make friends? That's that's literally where it comes from. So um, I like to say that in every meeting meet, meet up that I show up to. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to make friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It is funny. Um, but yeah. High so school like, reunion. I'm not here to make friends, but we <laughs> are your friends. I'm here to lose them. <laughs> I need the money. There is no Shut money. Up, Shelly. <laughs> I just want to make it clear that not every episode. I know we've had two. This is our second Survivor guest uh, in the first ten episodes, and I just want to say out loud that this is not a Survivor show. But um, the to get on a show like that, you have to uh, oftentimes be interesting. You have yeah. to have an interesting life and an interesting or an interesting career or a, an interesting personality. And so, by being a part of this little thing, I've managed to. <laughs> I've managed to meet a lot of really interesting, uh, delightful people, uh, and Stephen included. So that's why he's here. Uh, not just because of Survivor, because he's a fantastic writer with an awesome podcast yeah. called Paraphrase. Um, he's just a kind, good guy, and he was nice to talk to. Man, also, like, I don't know why people are so embarrassed about reality TV. Like, he's he's not, right? Yeah, I don't think he is. Um, but a lot of I've seen a lot of contestants from other shows they're like i don't want to be associated with that and i understand but uh, what i'm trying to get at is i'm hoping that one day we can have a guest from (laughs) bad girls club or (laughs) flavor of love or i love new york Mm -hmm. or i love new york two or electric boogaloo (laughs) (laughs) um i'm sure we will look i mean Reality. No, won't. <laughs> I, you never know, man. Reality television is a funny thing because at the end of the day, people who That's are the kind of those are the kind of shows that I watch where there's I, fights. I assure you that if if these people are on reality shows, they would have nothing wrong going on a podcast to talk about themselves. <laughs> there was an event uh, this past weekend uh, at a club in New York City run by Andrea Belke. Excuse me. Am I gonna leave that in? You can, yeah. But now there's this this weird silence. I'm. I, I want to milk the silence. <laughs> you need to put in some in sound effects or something. Like a burp and then a bell. That burp is just going to be like echoing for like two <laughs> seconds. Um, so Andrea Belke, who's a friend of our show, she's been on the show, and uh, Meg Malley from Big Brother um, do a thing every year uh, for the past couple years where they do a, a Survivor Big Brother reality show person meet and greet, like a club. They'll, they'll like rent out a space. Like a reunion. Well, no, no, no. It's a, it's a charity fundraiser. So fans will oh, okay. fan, nice. fans can buy a ticket to come to come hang out in this like in a space with all these people and mingle with all their favorite reality show people. Um, and so this this past weekend it was at Slate uh, in Manhattan. I know Slate. Yeah, I've been I, there a few times. There you go. It's a, it's an interesting venue. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I went. I, I wasn't really planning on going because I, I sometimes get a little bit awkward at these events because I'm not really good at the whole club bar thing. And also like I feel a little weird when it's like look at all these like mega all-stars from all these shows were like four-time players and champions and like they, they've made they've built a career off and then I, hi i'm here too it's kind of it's a little weird uh hey remember me yeah no that's how it feels right and so uh, i went but i ended that's up, why you gotta milk it <laughs> you just gotta like change your whole entire personality it's come hard as a man. pro wrestler and be like mm-hmm. oh you thought you knew jacob <laughs> sunday sunday you, Monster you show up there's just um, like dry ice machine in the corner <laughs> Um, I go by Derwin. 
<laughs> well, I'll show you. A, I'll show you a quick picture. Just, just, I think it perfectly illustrates my my time there. Um, the listeners can't see the picture. I'll I'll put a link to it. Okay. Um, so it's a series of pictures, actually, in particular. I know I turned it to the rock for a second. The listeners can't see the picture. <laughs> uh, point is, it's a cool event, and so I ended up going, and it was really, really lovely because I got to meet and mingle with a lot of fans and mm. stuff, and even meet some alums from the show who I had met before who I admire. Mm. And I had this moment um, towards the end of it where uh, there's a, there was a person on the show on the show um, a long time ago. Her name's Courtney, and, and Courtney uh, was I, I was twelve. When she appeared on the show for the first time. Whoa! I was 12 when she appeared on the show. It was 2007. Uh, Survivor China. And Courtney Yates is iconic from the show. She's her Everything about her. She's sarcastic and I hilarious. I feel so old. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. Uh, she's she's wonderful. She's hilarious. She's, she's sharp. Uh, she does not give a damn about what you think about her. I've always admired her. Um, and she's been... I- iconic's a weird word to use, but at least in terms of Survivor, I-, I think definitely one of the most notable people who's been on the show. Mm-hmm. And so I've met her two or three times now, and we've talked a little bit here and there. And I had this moment at the end of the night when I was getting ready to say goodbye, where I said goodbye to Courtney. And it's okay if Courtney hears this. I told her this already. And I was saying goodbye to her, and I realized like we were hugging, and I literally like looked at her, and my first thought was, and I said it out loud, I said, this is weird. Do you know how weird this is? This is weird. And she goes like, this, what do you mean? It's not weird. And I'm just like looking at her like, no, 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 no. You don't realize. I've like been a fan of yours and admired you for over 10 years. So it's weird for you. It's weird for me. Not for her. It's, it's the, the feeling of, of, of getting the same reaction out of people, everyday pe- people who watch the show, that somebody who you've admired on the show gets. The fact that there are fans who came up to me and were like, freaked out and were like excited and also kind of like scared to meet me and meanwhile i'm planning a picnic with someone i admired from the show who i've known basically not known but known of for a decade it was this crazy moment and she's so super chill about it and so relaxed about it and but inside me i'm like i'm just like how is this real it's a weird that's how thing. life works it's it's have you had that moment where you had someone you admired or it could be. It could be a, com- a comedian, an actor, a business thing, yeah, whatever. Yeah, a bunch of people. But I feel like that's mm-hmm. very. Yeah, you when you're entrenched in mm-hmm. a community, it's just natural. You're mm-hmm. going to. It's just something. Meet it's them. Something. Anyways, this picture. Um, there was a photographer going around that night. I think this picture perfectly illustrates my uh, approach to clubs and bars. Um, this is a picture of Meg, who helped run the event for Big Brother and her family. It's a very. It's a very sweet picture. I'll zoom in on them a little bit. Uh, it's a very sweet picture. They're posing. Uh, and if you look closely in the background, if you zoom in a couple times, <laughs> you can see me sitting on my phone in the back room getting a breather from all the people for a few minutes. And I just happen to be behind the You look the like you're looking right at the camera, though. Like you're trying to I must have seen the flash and looked at the exact right moment. Because, like... <laughs> you look like the Dos Equis man. Like a younger version. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to share that picture. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was a really cool event, and I'm really glad I went because I was, I was apprehensive about going. It was nice to, like, do that again and, like, just meet people. And pep, that picture you know. reminds me very much of Robin. The, I'm in the corner. <laughs> Watching you, cancer. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, our guest, Steven, today is um, a Survivor alum. 
that's that's probably where most people know him from. But he also does a podcast with Rob Sesternino about the show every week. Mm. Uh, he writes for People Magazine, and most notably, the thing I'm excited about, uh, he started a podcast called Paraphrase, where he talks yes. to authors about their novels, about their books. Uh, and how they started as writers, and how the book got started. And these are not like small potatoes. We're talking some pretty big names, some pretty well-acclaimed authors. Um, uh, books that, you know, if you go to Barnes & Noble and ask if they have it, they've been sold out for weeks. Mm. Like these are, these are he's, get, he's getting some pretty high-profile people. So if you're a literature fan, if you're into the new modern works, like this is a really specific, like this podcast plays specifically into your interests. And uh, I've listened to, I think, all the episodes so far, and they've all been really, really great. Yeah. I mean, he, and he, he dressed up for the interview, which was, you know. I think he had an event afterwards. Really nice. Oh, I thought he dressed up for us. <laughs> wow. You didn't need to blow his cover like that. I thought you guys, I thought you... Steven, see, see like, the type of people that you think you you think you have someone's back and then they don't. I just want you to know that if I knew that you were dressing up for another event, I would have never brought that up. I would have taken that to the grave. Just putting it out there. I still appreciate where the loyalty it. lies. I was wearing probably jeans and a t-shirt, so I appreciate yeah. it. Still, anyways. Anyways, it was a very special, momentous occasion for which he wore a tie <laughs> just for us. Oh, thank you, thank you, Stephen, for coming on, and I hope you guys uh, enjoy the episode with the wonderful Stephen Fishback. As my mind often does, you know, I was just I flash back to this moment um, in in Cambodia, in Survivor Cambodia, in in Cambodia, Survivor Thirty One Second Chance. I was that was my second time playing on on the show. My first time playing, I did I did really well. And I was the runner-up on the on the season, and I felt like I was really well represented in the show's story that they that they aired about me. Uh, and I went back with the second time, you know, thinking like I want to do more, I want to do better, but not ever having the sense that I might really <laughs> embarrass myself. Um, sure, yeah. And yeah, why would you think that you killed it the first time? Well, right, you know, you always are aware of the possibility that you'll embarrass yourself, but you know, you, you kind of have an idea of. You know, when you're going out there, you think you have this sort of vision of yourself, like operating as your best self. And when I went out my first time, I was 29 years old. Um, I was decently comfortable with my life, but at 35, when I went out for my second time, or 36, however old I was, I felt really comfortable with myself. You know, I was mm. I was uh, an executive at MTV. Um, I had you know a staff that worked for me. I felt like a successful guy, yeah. uh, very self assured. You know, and and. Um, so I thought, I'm going to step onto that beach and I'm going to be, you know, my self-assured self. And, you yeah. know, I'm not going to be the alpha guy. I'm not going to be the, the jock or the super, you know, I'm not going to be able to build the shelter, but I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be able to engage with people. I mean, you know, my first time out, I was really nervous meeting people from different uh, backgrounds from me and, and it proved to not be a challenge. And so the second time I thought, well, that, that was not a challenge the first time, you know, it won't be a challenge now. And it was hard. I, you know, I immediately uh. didn't gel with the people around me, which put me on my back foot. Uh, I found myself scrambling around, you know, trying to make inroads into this group of people and really reverting very quickly back to my, you know, all of my high school insecurities in this crazy way, which was like shocking to me. It was almost like interesting from a sociological perspective. Like mm -hmm. as it was happening to me, I was also observing it. I was like, I am this like 
confident mid-30s guy in my daily life, why am I now an insecure teen, you know, in this moment <laughs> when it really, really, really matters the most that I be yeah. confident, you know? What, what did teen Steven look like? I mean, he was like gangly, his limbs yeah. were all over the place, you know, like he didn't have like control of his body, you know, he, he just like, uh, you know, uncomfortable around the jocks, you know, and, and it's crazy just how, I, I honestly, like, I mean, what do you think, Jacob? Like, yeah. why... Why does it happen? Like, why? I mean, did you have a similar experience where you felt you were regressing? I had the exact same experience, except I didn't bounce back from it. That's really, that's really it. You didn't, I, they didn't give you a second chance. No, no, no. What, well, uh, honestly, like, uh, um, what you just described is literally what happened to me. So, like, it's, wow. it's, it's very literal. And, and, and maybe that's just the experience of, of the type of us who gets cast. I don't know, on this show. Um, but it... For me, I never bounced back. I never had that moment to recover. And Steven still, he's, he's, you're underselling it a bit. You still went pretty far in the second season. Obviously, mm-hmm. you didn't come in second place again, but you, you still did really well. You made the merge. You played, you made moves. Um, but the, I don't know why it happens. I think, I think it might be, and, I, and this is maybe giving me too much credit. It might be because a lot of the people who go out there and that we're around with, uh, have thrived from that mentality. If you're surrounded by people who are still kind of playing the high school game because it's always worked for them, right. and mm. you're not playing it anymore because it does not work for you <laughs> yeah. remotely, like like ourselves, yeah. it, it, it kind of becomes hard to fight what everyone else is doing. It's it's a whole different. When I look, I didn't play with Savage and Jeremy like that. I don't know how they are. I've never met them, but um, I'd imagine you know it, it can't be that dissimilar from when I played with you know Brendan and Michael. Right. So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I really could have had a similar experience to you had I been on a group that lost repeatedly, yep. you know? Like, if I had been in your, <laughs> on, your, on your group, I might have been uh, eliminated, you know, just, for, just where you were and not had that chance to find my footing. And then I would have happily... Well, I mean, I, we, all have, we all have our regrets. So what ultimately, though, to me, was my most embarrassing moment and also one of the most challenging moments in my life yeah. was a couple of weeks later, uh, we had this monsoon in Cambodia. And oh. it was, it just dumped on us nonstop for days on end. And, you know, we couldn't cook because we didn't have fire. You know, all I had eat, I, all I ate for three days was, I think, a single olive and like a few handfuls of like, dried rice. Um, and the other thing is that when you, it's dumping like that, you're also not getting water because the water source is decently far away from your shelter. So you're not, uh, you know, you're not going out to, to find that water. And as a result, you become super dehydrated. Well, I became really sick and that sickness so I, so in the in this in the middle of this monsoon while everyone around me is you know we're all weeping we're crying we're huddled together i had to run from the shelter and be sick in the woods uh and i will, and i and before i left the shelter i would always i had to like strip off my clothes because you know if i got drenched they weren't getting dry there was no way to dry my clothes oh, so my i God. was i was you know therefore like literally like naked sick in the middle of a monsoon in and and this you know island of in Cambodia and I felt like this is as low as I can possibly go you know I mean physically you know certainly <laughs> we all have emotional lows and we you know, family losses are are greater than being you know sick in the rain on a, on a TV show but um you know just I was so beaten down and then to have that moment which which in some ways it was kind of a it was sometimes it was sort of like an empowering moment because like I was cathartic so, in a way. Well, yeah, I was like so low, and like I had like nothing left to give. Like you know, certainly from my guts, they were all over the uh, you know <laughs> the, the <laughs> island. Um, uh, 
And I, I was like, you know what? But I, I can still continue. I can still push forward. You know, I'm totally, I have nothing left physically. I'm completely, you know, exhausted. And yet I can still move forward through time. I can still progress forward in this game. And so even as I was at that incredible low, to have that experience of, and yet I can persist was, um, or, you know, yet I could, through my will power, I can go on was very, uh, powerful for me. You know, it was very, uh, inspiring for me just in, in from my own perspective. And the, pro- the challenge was then, you know, then when that airs on television, suddenly it's like you've got the people, you know, sniping about, oh, look at him. He's sick out in the rain. And, you know, you have people like laughing at you, you know, edited in. And your yeah. low moment is sort of played for laughs to a certain yeah. degree. I mean, it's also played for tragedy and real human emotion. And then the people online are like talking about you and, you know, and it becomes so this moment that is both really deeply uh, it was it was a personal low? It was a personal high. Becomes a subject for other people, you know, to comment on. You know, many people express sympathy. Many people express support. In fact, the vast majority of people express a lot of love. Ninety nine percent love, but then you have this one percent of people who are just throwing vile and, and negativity at you and hostility and and. And where are they throwing this at you on Twitter? Yeah, or? social media, mostly Twitter, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, a little, some Facebook, you know, some, some Reddit, but you know, you can, you, oh, Reddit. but if you go to, if you go to Facebook, some place that, yeah. <laughs> but if you, if you, I feel like, if, like for Reddit, like if you go on Reddit, if you go on, on Facebook, like you're seeking it out to a certain yeah. degree with Twitter, it like comes at you in a way that you can't really control when somebody's at tagging you with their hostile thoughts. Um, obviously you can just stay off Twitter, which is what I do more and more, but, but, uh, you know, it's, it's. The, the level to not to to have that and it, I don't know there's it, it seems so trivial you know when you hear about it from someone else or when you hear about it before experiencing it yourself to have all of this hostility and negativity you're like whatever it's like some stranger tweeting at you like this person isn't happy with their life or, or whatever um, but then when you receive it when you receive that negativity and it's personal it's directed and it's you know it's the ju- and it feels like the judging eyes of the world are upon you you know it, it becomes very raw and very um, uh, you know you feel very vulnerable and exposed yeah I mean I, I was I was I admired you in that moment because I remember at some point maybe I don't remember how many days later you go you, you know the tribe shows up for some challenge and Lorraine had stopped and you cracked a joke about it right which became its own which became, I don't know if it was actually hashtagged but like uh, it was not hashtag on the show but now I will never live it down yeah, uh, yeah I, I, no, no, I, no but it was yeah. amazing What's the hashtag? it was gastrointestinal distress severe gastrointestinal severe. distress <laughs> gastrointestinal yeah. distress and like. I, I, I admire that so much because I can tell, I mean, from the way you're talking about it now and how it must have felt in the moment, like, this is a painful experience. Yeah. And the fact that you were able to at least acknowledge it and crack a joke about it and smile at it, even though it was that terrible, not when you got home, not after the episode aired, but right after the moment, I think that's the most important thing. Well, I, I, I mean, that's a nice way of looking at it. You know, it, it does sort of seem like it's the kind of thing where you have, there's no option but but to laugh about it. Absolutely. You know, it's so ridiculous that you're like, well, this is this is absurd. And it, it, it's you know, it's hard. You know, you, you do try, or one does try to, as you're experiencing lows, to also kind of step outside of them and say like, this is interesting, or you know, this is funny, or this is like, what what an absurd experience I'm having right now. And and even with some of the Twitter negativity, it's like. What a, what a what a fascinating thing to go through, you know, yeah. to have like strangers attacking you online. Like, what a, what an interesting thing that that that's happening now. 
It's, yeah. it's a unique thing for our generation. But at the really same is. time, you yeah. have the the opposite side of that. You have those people like leave Stephen alone. Right. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> only eaten an olive. Yeah. Well, it's yeah exactly. Well, that I mean, it is true though that, that the vast majority of people um, do are just so nice and supportive and yeah. so loving. But it's like you know you can hear it's like that one thing you're like, but that guy oh, he said something yeah. nasty yeah. about me like. You know, it's like all of those wonderful comments, as meaningful as they are, just become background noise to that like one negative thing that you fixate on. And I mean, I, I don't know. What, what's the solution? It's like mindfulness? Do you just meditate to like let it go? <laughs> Do you meditate? Yeah. I, sometimes I try. Remembering you know. who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, you just got married. I did. Yeah, well, well, you know, this is a podcast about disasters. So this is from the marriage for me has been a, a huge success. Uh, That's great. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was going to ask if leading up to this moment, if there were any kind of disastrous stories in the dating series, if you'd like to bring that up, you don't have to. Oh, gosh. I we, mean, we've, I, we've noticed a trend in our recent guests that there's a lot of stories about these things. There was a, our yeah. last interview was a man who called off two weddings, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? Like, I just can, I, I hate to be a dead guest, but like, I, I, I just, you know, I don't like to talk about the, you know, I, 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 I feel no, very lucky. I feel like all of those all of those failures led me to a, a good a good situation. Good. Um, okay, good. Then, and then uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, I, you know, I feel like there you know there were so many. Like how how does one how does one uh, you know? You know <laughs> I just want to point out for everyone at home that Janelle is eating a slice of pepperoni pizza and trying to keep her head away from the microphone. I don't know why the lights just because I'm a professional, Jacob. It looks and smells delicious. Oh, it's yeah. a it's a it's a motion sensor. Okay, mm -hmm. I understand oh. now. All right, there's anyway. a lot happening right now. No. Okay, well then let's go back to Survivor for a minute. So like, uh, obviously this was kind of a colossal thing. Uh, I'm wondering how you felt back after Token Teens. How many years ago was that now? That was 10 years. And it was interesting because yeah. Yeah, we just had our 10-year anniversary for that wow. for that season, which was at the time it felt like really latter-day Survivor. You know, this was 2009. The show had been on for 18 seasons. Yeah. It felt like we were, uh, you know, the show had been going on forever. Um, and now it's like, you know, we're... we're Heading the show is heading into its thirty eighth season. Like yeah. Token Chains was the first half of the show, which was just it boggles, it blows yeah, my mind. Yeah. But but it is it is interesting. Like I felt you know I, to me that was magical in every way. You know it was you step onto this island, and you about to have this crazy adventure. You know with these other people, only you share that specific experience. Uh, you know because what's exciting about Survivor is and again like sorry I don't want to, to be too survivory. Hey, um, if we go down this way, it's okay. Uh, is is that uh, you know. You the the game has rules. The game has a structure. You yeah. know, there's challenges. There's competitions. You vote each other out. But everything else is kind of determined by the players in terms of like why you're voting each other out. You know, what matters at the end when you vote for a winner? Like what what uh, you know what how you're spending your time? What are the things that are important to you as a group? And so it's cool that it's like that that this, this each group of people kind of determines what survivor is. And then. Um, That's so stressful. It, it, is stressful. <laughs> it is stressful. Well, it is stressful yeah. because like... The, the I don't want other people to be responsible for my fate, ultimately. Yeah. Well, that would hurt. hurt. <laughs> well, that's what was, is crazy about it. And, and, you know, I think, you know, when, when people... So about, about two-thirds of the way through the season, at each, of each season, people's loved ones come and visit them. And... Um, you know, it's like a month into the show, and, and oh, all of these your contestants. Family comes and visits? Yeah, you get like one person if you make it that far, yeah. mm. and everyone like starts like breaking down, weeping, and people at home are like, you've been away from them for a month. Like, why are you weeping?" But 
you know, it is so stressful. And part of what the stress is that literally everything you do is being observed and judged. Like how long you sleep, if you roll around too much in the shelter, if you snore, if really? you, how much you, if you eat. annoy people, yeah. If you annoy people, if you tell a dumb joke, if you drop food, you know, like you could be, you just, you just don't know what's being judged. So can you be your, do you feel like you can be yourself or no. that you're putting on a mask? I mean, that's the thing. It's like you have to put on a mask. At the same time, you also want to be authentically yourself. So mm-hmm. is that that's this this tension? I mean, what would you yeah. would you? Use? No, I'd agree with that. I mean, I mean, obviously, I played for a lot less time than you, but even in those, you know, in that week, it's you 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 start to realize that the more you are yourself, the more people can take advantage of that. Yeah. And like like I I very quickly realized that I wasn't going to be able to pretend that I was there for any other reason than that I was a big fan. Yeah. Who's with me? Who's against me? Everyone's plotting against me. I mean, yeah. like that's the, the rest. Are. The rest of it. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Taking you back to those instinctual, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How humans were. Yeah. It really does. Years ago. And that's sort of why come up some of these high school, these like you know formative, these formative selves like come out. It's like yeah. you know whatever insecurities you're hiding or you think you're hiding, you know they you just get you immediately reduced to them yeah. Be- because yeah. you're in this crazy judgy social dynamic because you're literally getting beaten down by the elements because you're tired because you're hungry suddenly like all of your defenses just get just get paired away it's a, it's a great show you know it's it really, is yeah. it, it sounds <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well I'm wondering because I mean was there anything like from either the, the, the more recent one or the older one that you were like shocked didn't make the air because it was just so ridiculous I know for me on our first challenge we won like 20 eggs yeah I don't think that made air I can't remember we won like 20 eggs and wait we, so food is a prize yeah because there's no way, there's very little food yeah, other right. than, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, we had the smallest I really thought they were sneaking you snacks. If only. Oh, my God. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. There's horror stories. Not yeah. horror stories. There's rumor stories. I, I don't believe, I mean, I, I certainly never saw anything like yeah. that. Really? You, what, what, what are people getting? Not about us, but about like Micronesia, like way back. Oh, but, like um, th- thieving that the contestants yeah. would like steal from the production. production yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. But like, I know for us, we we got these eggs in our first challenge. The one challenge below the one, our tribe won. We won all these eggs, and I get back from Ghost Island, and my tribe had boiled all the eggs, uh, and they left one for me to have when we got back. And mm-hmm. they said, "Hey, if, in case you're hungry, but you're hungry." And then I was like, "Oh, thanks, guys." And I sit down. I go, "You already cooked it?" They go, "Yeah." And so I start rolling it on my leg to like crack the eggshell. It just bursts open. It's not even kind of cooked. Oh God! And I get oh, yolk God. all over my pants. <laughs> I burn through oh, the one no. cooking source I had no. for three days. No. And that's when you turned into the Hulk. Yeah. Well, no. When I literally did, no lie, scooped as much into my hands as I could to start eating. No, you did not. Oh yeah. It was the only thing you I ate the raw egg. I ate some raw. Yeah, I ate a bunch as much yolk as I could. I thought it was partially cooked at least because they said they put it in the yeah. Water. Um, and I was, and I, I didn't get sick or anything. Jacob, dude, I'm so glad I, said, I didn't know you when this was going on because no, I'd want to kill. No, I think like people. the risk of salmonella poisoning is like lower than the risk of like dying of of uh, you know malnutrition just yeah. generally. I, I would eat the raw yeah, eggs. People like you know, people put raw eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blenders. Rocky does but no, it. I'm mad at the people. Like, can't couldn't they oh, have cooked uh, it better? I guess did they, they know what they were doing. I don't know. I still don't know. All I know is I, I rolled that egg. It burst open on my leg. And if you look closely for the rest of the show uh i I watched as much out as i could but there's a weird stain on my thigh (laughs) on those red pants i had a i i I, so i i was dating when i was probably uh 25 i was dating this girl who i really thought i was going to marry and we moved together to paris where i was working to write and she was uh teaching french businessmen english like so we kind of had like 
they were not our our the way we paid for our, our lives was very sort of like like uh, PGs. We were like freelancers, you know, mm. before you know everyone was freelancers. Um, we were so I was like editing <laughs> people's um, college essays like through this this service called Essay Edge. You know, I was making like thirty dollars and uh, for per essay, which would often take like, that's you know, many amazing. Hours. Uh, it was it's a good it was like decent money, right? Yeah. But it you know it would it would still be like three or four hours of work, so it ended up like not being great money. For I, okay, for a living, yeah, yeah. In the twenty and being, you know, it wasn't like I was just out of college. I was a couple years out of college. Yeah. She was teaching uh, businessmen English, um, and we were living in this tiny garret apartment in in Paris. Paris. In Paris, and which sounds very romantic, uh, <laughs> but is you know, it was it was during the, like the coldest winter they had had in thirty years. Our apartment was infested with mosquitoes. Mosquitoes um, yeah. in the winter. Yeah, and I was recovering from what like either was a like a mild traumatic brain injury or a anxiety attack in response to me thinking I had a mild traumatic brain injury. So yeah, it, uh. so man, you really really unleashing what's the well of my greatest like horrors. Wow. Yeah. This is this is really a cathartic experience. It is cathartic. Wonderful. Very good. Uh, yeah. So like, um, I was. A couple a couple of months prior to that, I had been in I had been at New Haven and, and sort of a reunion for some of my my uh, Yale classmates, and I had got I and then like cut to you know you know a night of crossing and drinking, and then cut to like mosquito eight hours later, no me waking up and like having no memory of like much of the night before, which I think a lot of people have had, and like I was like oh crap, like I drank way too much, like shouldn't have done that, mm-hmm. massive hangover, but like the hangover persisted for like weeks and then months, and oh I, my like, god, and then I got really and then. Oh, I, I also like missed the missed. The, I also should have mentioned that I also woke up with like bruises all over my body, which I had no idea how what? they got there. Um, Whoa. This it was, sounds like a paranormal thing. Uh, well, yeah. uh, well, it, it, you'd think, except my buddy who was with me was like, "Oh yeah, we were like hitting each other," and I was like, <laughs> I was, like "So not paranormal, very very normal, <laughs> very very uh, normal, <laughs> very human male." Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I, you know, so I, I must maybe I hit my head, maybe I drank too much, but as a result, I really like. But then it became this like sort of like persistent numbness and. For which persist, which de- which like for like months afterwards, I had this like numbness in my head, and I thought that I had had a brain injury, mm-hmm. and um, I was working, you know, and and you know, this was really traumatizing to my sense of self because, as probably you guys as well, like I I've conceived of myself throughout my life as as my intellect and my brain is my like salient part, yeah. and so to have this this fear of like, oh, I've screwed it up. I, I damaged the best part of me. Like, all of my potential is now squandered and gone, you know. And you or, only get one. You only get unless one. Unless you're like Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He probably has some backups. Um, yeah, he's got those brains in a jar to help him whenever. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so, so uh, you know, I, that's exactly it. It's like I had potential and now maybe I can still live a happy life, but I can never leave, leave, leave the truly exceptional life that I was destined or whatever. You know, like the, yeah. the thoughts you have when, when you, um, uh, and uh, in this, so like not only was I experiencing these physical symptoms, but that kind of like made me pretty depressed. And um, actually what eventually cured that was I went to a psychiatrist who specialized in brain injuries. And like this was like probably six, eight, maybe even more months afterwards. This is and, still in Paris. Yeah, so I was in Paris, and and uh, uh, yeah, um, and the psychiatrist said, um, numbness is not a symptom. I mean, maybe she was lying to me. I, I, please, if, if she was lying to me, don't tell me because uh, this has been a really. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this, don't, don't, don't tweet at me. Uh, numbness is not. It, it sounds like what you're describing are not symptoms of brain injury. It sounds like that what they're what you're describing is symptoms of a prolonged anxiety attack. 
And Whoa. so it was like, and actually like literally leaving her office, it was crazy. Like I was released. Like the numbness was gone. Yeah. My brain, <laughs> The numbness disappeared? Yeah, it did. It was like suddenly I like felt good. And like obviously that suggests that it probably was not a physical thing, right? It probably was an emotional thing. Um, but, but that, that experience, I mean, you know, that, that, uh, that experience, um, well, obviously it was, it was great to, to be at the end of it, but, but the actual, like, you know, th- us being trapped together in this apartment when I was depressed, when she was depressed, you know, it was really awful. And, um, yeah, we ended up splitting up, of course. Was this uh, before you got the it was, diagnosis? Uh, I probably was, yeah. And so, and then we ended up, <laughs> so the, tra- the trauma was, we still like lived together after splitting up. And then we started oh like my. fighting. Then she moved like into the apartment below me so we could like hear each other. Um, it was really, really frustrating. Yeah, it was, like, it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was challenging. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's stupendous. You're like, shut up, I have a brain injury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's stupendous. Like, I, I the, 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 the physical symptoms that an emotional dis- that emotional distress can 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 create are it's scary, and I think a lot yeah. of people who are really like trapped in their heads, you know, you do it is really it's really incredible how how powerful your you know your brain is in terms of the way that it manifests in 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 your body. We've we've been asking everyone who comes on if there's a certain thing that that they go back to that brings them some sort of joy if they're feeling low after something crappy happens. Yeah, or relief. For, like like for me, it's a certain album that I listen to. Right. You know, for, for what was it for you? you, 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 you a lot, a lot. I have it. For me, it's a lot of yeah. different things. ASMR yeah. is one of them. ASMR is a big thing. Feeding into my uh, psycho wacko personality. <laughs> you just come up with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could be a food. It could be an activity. Um, I would say there's two things. Maybe sure. you know, my uh, one is it's like one is a little bit pretentious, and then one is the opposite of that. Like okay. one is a little high culture, and one is not high culture. Lovely. Uh, the first is the I'll, I'll, I'll is I go to my favorite book, which is Bleak House, and I'll read passages from it. And Bleak House is is a book by Charles Dickens, mm-hmm. and mm. it is just filled with so much joy and humor you know he will describe a house and the way he describes the house is like it's like a you know he'll, he'll make it like a person he'll make it hilarious he'll make it like the funniest person you ever met you know he, he describes his characters as these idiosyncratic loons but he describes them with so much love for them and you see all of their idiosyncrasies and all of their quirks and all of their great uh, habits and their terrible habits and and they're so like brilliantly and humorously described and like that sense of joy and of love and of humor that I get from reading Bleak House really kind of like sets me back on the right path in terms of just seeing kind of all like the joy and the and the humor and the ridiculousness of the world around us um, and um, and the low bar <laughs> and the low is is like I also um, one thing I find incredibly relaxing is watching. YouTube videos of people playing the card game Hearthstone. Uh, wait, I, <laughs> I need to write this down because this may be some... Oh, wait. Oh, my God. I remember you tweeting yeah. a long time ago about whether or not you should start playing Hearthstone. What's oh, Hearthstone? Boy. I, I played. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Now I was like, like, yes, go for it. Absolutely. Like my, like, my, no? it's, it's like a... No. So it's, you know the card game Magic the Gathering? Yes, I've heard of it. Yes, yeah. you do know this because that's what you thought Dungeons and Dragons was. Yeah. yeah. Was, okay, mm. we've talked about this. Magic so, card game. So it's basically that, but like on only digital, only digitally, only online, and it's like the most addictive game, card game app. It's it, only online. 
Yeah, it's only online. There's no physical card. So you have oh. to like you like get you like buy virtual packs. You open your virtual pack and you get your virtual cards. Um, and uh, I played for a while and yeah. I still sometimes play. It is so addictive. I will play and I'll be like, I'm just gonna play one game. And then like 16 hours later, I'll like wake up in a in a pool of you know of my own sweat and, and like uh, <laughs> yep. and, and and just be like, what? And I haven't like advanced at all. Like I'm still level 15. Um, but this is it. I have it on my phone. Oh yeah. Maybe in Paris it was a Hearthstone. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this um, will beat you up. It's 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 magical, and I love. It. Have you ever heard of World World of Warcraft? Yeah, same yeah. company that makes that makes this. Oh. So there's a lot of layover, a lot of characters, a lot of themes you, you see in both games. So is there a lot of thinking and or fantasy involved? It's, so you escape? it's less like the fantasy is the sort of overlay, like Jacob's saying. Yeah. It's kind of like you know you'll the card is themed to an orc. But but the it's You'll more get some it's voice a, actor screaming over with York's voice or something because it's not a physical card game. Right, right. So there you can have big flashy effects and you'll have some guy coming in with the orc voice and smash oh, that's fine. That yeah. thing. So yeah. And, and it is a game of strategy, but but uh, I I was like adequate at the game of strategy, um, but you know there are people who are really great at the game of strategy and who who whose professional lives it is in fact to play it online on on Twitch. Um, and they, you know, some of those videos get posted to YouTube, and they're edited down so that you don't have to like wait, you know, six minutes between between turns. And I just find it really like I don't know why it, that like that's that's my it's just like relax. It's it's like so when you watch people playing it, are you seeing their faces or are you just seeing the cards? They're flipping? commenting on it, so they're also like they're getting videotaped and in, in, you know as so well. like a reaction like a type. Maybe. Quarter, maybe. Or yeah, maybe not even else. Depends. They'll like describe strategy. So one of the things that I do have done in Post Survivor is I will talk about the strategy. I'll, I'll like do post show analysis of of Survivor and talk about the strategy of the game. And mm. these people sort of talk about the strategy of Hearthstone in a similar way. They're like, well, he played this, which means that I should be doing this, but who knows if the, of that. And yeah. to like hear that, like it, it tickles my brain in, in the right strategy kind of yeah. like pl- like pleasure centers. But mm. you know, this is post injury, so those are really numb. Um, <laughs> and and, and uh, but but at the same time, it's like something I don't know about, so it kind of like hits me, it hits all my. It's like very like soothing in a way. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, that brings me a lot of joy because <laughs> yeah. I, I love that game very dearly. That's awesome, man. I mean, is it just Hearthstone, or do you, do you end up? No, it's like, just Hearthstone. That's yeah. Really funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe because I try to not, you know, I've tried to like limit my own addictions. That's that's, prob- that's probably a good call. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> We're right. going to see you out in an alleyway being like, I need that heart stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what Will, Will something for Will blank for Hearthstone. Yeah. All right. So you can follow Stephen on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen Fishback. And listen to Stephen's new podcast, Paraphrase, wherever podcasts are found. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps word about the show spread like wild weeds in the forest. Do forest grow weeds? I don't think so. Anyways, <laughs> Let's just go with it. Uh, and of course, make sure you're subscribed to easily download new episodes. I'm Trying is hosted, edited, produced, and scored by Janelle Dennis and me, Jacob Derwin. Our cover art was created by the fabulous Sammy Kappa. See more of her work at sammykappa.com. That's S-A-M-I-C-A-P-P-A.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at I'm Trying Show. And if you want, you can follow us individually at Janelle Dennis and Jacob Derwin. If you've screwed up or embarrassed yourself and are looking for help. Or pity. Reach out to us on Twitter or email at imtryingshow at gmail.com. And our team of crisis experts. It's just us be more than happy to assist you. Reasonably happy. Thank you so much for listening, and in the words of Jonathan Colton, don't
Don't read the comments and don't feed the trolls.